A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I am going to be talking about this myth that giving athletes a spot or an extra mat or standing near them while they're trying a difficult skill becomes a crutch and actually causes mental blocks. Okay, like I said, it's a myth. I'm going to bust it. I'm going to tell you what actually works in these situations and how to deal with coaches who are kind of stuck in the old school. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. I am Coach Rebecca Smith, and I'm excited to be back with you today. I got a question from a mom in the Perform Happy community today that I am very excited to answer because I think it brings up a lot of good things that are worth mentioning to sport parents out there, coaches. So if you're a coach, this is definitely going to be for you as well. And if you're an athlete, I'm going to talk to you about how to communicate with your coach in a way that will help you. And so here's the question. I'll try to boil it down. But basically, this athlete, mom is saying, my daughter has been working perform happy for over two months and has gained back all of the skills she lost over the last year, except she still needs her coach to stand near her for one or two of them. Her confidence is improving all the time and she's super excited about all her improvement. Yay. I love those stories. Love, love, love. So then uh, she goes on to say her gym hired a new tumbling coach last week. She was very nervous because she loves her other tumbling coach and he has been a huge help in this process and she's worried she will backtrack. I had a talk with her about how she could talk with him about her mental blocks and how she can confidently tell him what she needs and she did it. Okay, another huge win. The fact that that she was able and willing to communicate this to a new person. I know this is one of the biggest stumbling blocks with mental blocks, so A plus there. And and then she goes on to say she's a very passive introverted kid. So that was a huge step for her. But his response is not what I had hoped for. He told her he will either spot her or nothing, but he won't stand near her because it will make her mental blocks worse. So the last two practices, he spotted her on skills when she doesn't even need it, but she's afraid to tell him not to because she feels she's like she still needs someone near her. What should I do? She says, should I speak to the coach directly, speak to the gym owners? I'm upset that she put herself out there with him and he told her no. I really don't want him to undo the progress she has made. Amazing question. Super helpful, I think, for a lot. I hear so many questions about, you know, how do we explain this to the coaches? And then once athlete and coach get on the same page about what the solution truly is, oh, it's so good. And some coaches are better than others at this process. I mean, it really depends on what kind of baggage are you carrying around as a coach. 
I was the kind of coach who had all kinds of baggage. I had my own lack of success with breaking through mental blocks, which led to me feeling really frustrated when the kids I coached couldn't do their skills and I didn't know how to help them. Then I had the baggage of working at two different gyms where they had totally different policies. And the current gym that I was at, the one that I was at for the longest, where I coached the highest gymnast, highest level gymnast, they had a policy of we don't spot beam. That was the blanket policy in the gym. We don't spot beam. Same exact reasoning because it gives kids mental blocks or becomes a crutch or because we don't want to be spotting every single kid on every single skill. So I was like, sweet, I don't want to have to spot if I don't have to spot. That's great. Like, okay, I'll go with it. I was a fairly inexperienced team coach when I started working at this gym. So I was like, okay, that's just the way it is. And looking back, now that I know what I know about mental blocks, that was a mistake. I'm going to go into this myth that I hear a lot that spots and mats cause mental blocks because become a crutch. So I hear that a lot from parents. I hear it from coaches that, oh, we don't spot or we don't let you use mats or we don't do that here because it makes it a crutch and you just need to tough it out. You just need to be able to chuck it and get over it. Just do the first one and then you are fine. And I'm going to say that there are, there are times when that might be true. And those are times when you're learning a skill, you don't have baggage around the skill. You don't have thoughts in your head about, oh, this skill and what if, and I last time, and there's none of that where you're just like, woohoo, I'm on the low beam. Woohoo, I'm on the medium beam. Woohoo, I'm on the high beam. You're learning something new and you're like, yes, no, you don't need a spot. You don't need an extra mat because your brain doesn't require it for you. It's not the spots and the mats that cause the mental block. It's actually the solution. For those of you who are in Perform Happy and doing our training program, you know that I am a huge fan of spots and I'm a huge fan of mats. But to a point, I know I don't want your coach standing there for the rest of your life. That is not the point. So the myth is that those things actually cause mental blocks. The fact of the matter is it's the black and white policies. Those we don't do it this way or do this or else that don't take all of the elements into consideration. They don't factor in that every athlete is an individual and has different needs, and they don't factor in the survival instinct that kicks in and actually causes a mental block. If an athlete is just moving through the progressions, they do not need the extra stuff. If an athlete has already moved through the progressions and then for some reason they have lost the skill, Maybe it was time off. Maybe it was an injury. Maybe it was a moment of self-doubt that led to bailing out. Maybe it's negativity. Maybe it's pressure. I mean, there are infinite reasons. That's why people come to me and they say like, I don't know why. It's it's okay. There are so many things that all build together that put your brain in a position to be like, ah, no, put on the brakes. It's purely survival instinct. It's not something that they're rationalizing. It's not that they're like, I think I will freeze up on this progression. No, they're like, I want to do it. I really want to try it. Oh, it's not working. Oh my gosh, I'm too scared. Shoot. I really want to do it, but it's not working. My brain is not cooperating. So when a coach has this, like, this is the way we do it, that doesn't apply to everybody. And then you're leaving out half of your kids, or at least like, you know, 20% of your kids who are up against this survival instinct and they need different coaching. So what applies to the average athlete does not apply in a situation where there is excessive fear to the level of a phobia. A mental block is essentially a phobia. It's like an irrational fear because we all know, yes, your body can do the skill. So 
here's the fact, black and white policies that are blanket, that are, this is how it's done, or we don't do that. Those are more the cause of mental blocks than anything else, because it creates this scenario that we just heard about in this mom's question, where the athlete's afraid to speak up. The athlete's afraid to share her truth. The athlete's afraid to share what's actually been working for her because she's up against this principle that this person has developed for whatever reason, could be just the baggage of the way they were coached or the way that someone taught them they should coach. And so they're like, that causes mental blocks. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you, I'm an expert on mental blocks and that does not cause mental blocks. It doesn't. What causes mental blocks is either, well, if you're over crutching, if you're giving them too much, so I'm going to talk about that in a minute too. This is very complex, you guys. That's why we have an entire training program around this, but I'm going to try for the sake of answering this question to give as much as I can quickly here. So the fact of the matter is collaboration and communication lead to progress and confidence. Okay, I'll say that again. Collaboration and communication lead to progress and confidence. So if you have a coach with their ego, they probably totally mean well, and they really want to help, and they really think they know the answer. But if they're shutting the athlete down and preventing that collaboration and communication, then they're leaving this mystery between them and the athlete where they're assuming, so the coach is assuming this is going to work. The athlete has their own intuition, and this athlete in particular has two months of experience that this works for her. So then for that coach to be like, nope, we're not doing that. It's like, oh, Okay. So what can you do? That's the question. That is like, if you're ever going to ask yourself a question ever in in regard to mental blocks, it's what can you do? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to apply this first to the athlete coach. Let's, I'm going to talk to you coach. If you're the coach, listen up. If your athlete is saying like, I can't do that. I can't do this, or this isn't working. They get really stuck in that, what they can't do. Uh, We all do as humans. So what we want to redirect them to is, well, what can you do? And when we ask that, it's what is the the hardest progression that you can do right now that's not comfortable for you, but that you will do safely and you will follow through on? Okay, coach, that's your question. What can you do? Now, I don't mean like, yes, you can go do it on the floor with 12 mats and 14 spots and whatever. Like, you, yes, but what's the hardest thing you can do confidently? That's where the coach and the athlete have to really work together and figure out, well, yesterday I was confident doing this, but today I'm not for some reason. So the answer is, what can you do right now? And it's not a judgment like, well, well, what can you do then? It's no, it's like, let's get curious. Let's be a detective. Let's get shoulder to shoulder athlete and coach and be like, what can we do? Let's get creative. What if, you know, okay, it's not working with this mat. If we add it, I'm the kind of person I'm like, throw a sting mat on top. Sometimes that's the difference because again, it's not rational. Your brain, your survival instinct is telling you this is not safe. Your brain is not going to let you do something that feels unsafe, no matter how much that coach is yelling at you, no matter if there's an iPad on the line, it does not matter. Your brain doesn't want you doing it. It's not going to let you. So instead, if you and the coach are like, well, I think I could do it if you just stand like, six inches away. And then the coach goes, let's try it. And then the athlete does it. And she's like, "Woo, it was scary, but I did it. And I think I can do it again. That's your magic progression. You want to find that progression where you are uncomfortable. You don't want to do this all day long, but you know, you're not going to bail out. 
That's where we want to be. And that coach might need to be 18 inches away tomorrow. might need to be putting a finger there today. But here's the thing. This is temporary. That's what I think gets lost in translation is that I do not want you to have to do your coach do do six inches, 18 inches, two feet, 12 feet, like for the rest of your life. But what we're doing, and one of the things we do in the challenges and perform happy is the kids build a confidence piggy bank and they're putting money in the bank every time they are successful at anything, any progression that leads up to it. So if she's successful with the coach standing six inches away, she's putting a quarter in the bank, you know, she's putting a jelly bean in the jar, so to speak. So that's what we want to get across to the coach. Now, obviously, mom, you already know this. You're already watching this happen. But for the coaches out there, I want you to start asking, what can you do? And give them a little like, you know what? I think you could do this. And they're like, oh, and you're like, I think you can. I believe in you. And it's like all this love that comes from it. The kids that get their skills back the quickest and that keep them are the ones who have coaches who are like, I want to find out what you can do. I know it might not be the same as yesterday or tomorrow because every day is a little different when you're up against the survival instinct, but I want to figure out what you can do. And I really believe in you. And I think we can go a little farther. That is the winning combo. Okay. So coaches be that. And you want to be weaning off the standby, but it takes time. I think there's also another misconception that you should be able to get like one spot and then off you go. But your piggy bank needs more in it before you can really start to let it click. And that's what it happens. Once you get enough confidence in the bank, it will click. You will not need the coach. You will be okay. But you need that like easing out of the comfort zone matched with the ability to collaborate and get creative day by day and not make assumptions and not make black and white blanket positions of like, this is what will like, no, just they're humans. <laughs> For goodness sake, they're humans, adolescent and teenage humans who are like roller coasters in and of themselves. So take that into consideration. Okay. So the actual problems that lead to mental blocks on the coaching side are lack of communication, lack of awareness on what actually works for that athlete ask more questions. Don't tell them what they need. Ask them, ask them, ask them. Same with parents. You know, parents don't lecture, ask them what they need. You might already know, but ask them anyway, because if if they're not bought in, then you got nothing. The other actual problem is assuming that one method works for all athletes, which ultimately comes from ego. So you can let go of your ego as a coach and be a servant you know, and I don't mean like, but like you're serving these children, you're, you're helping, you're a helper. You're not a, you know, like a a tyrant boss. They're kids. Like, come on. Okay. So what I did for this mom is in the perform happy parents group, which is our private parents group for members only. I linked to a one page. We finally just put it all on one page. We're like, this is what it is. Like, this is why they're happening. This is what to do, what not to do, what works, what doesn't like bottom line strategy. So that's posted in the Perform Happy Parents group for any of you who are members already. Go download it, print it, hand it to your coach. Like that's the first thing you could do is just be like, here you go. Here's some helpful information that has really been working for us. And just to give you an idea of like a couple of the things on that sheet, first one is always listen to your athletes and encourage them to check in with their brains. Ask, what do you need today? This might be different from what you think they can do or should do, but you have to ask. And when you start doing this, when you, instead of being like, I'm the law, this is how it goes. No, we don't do it that way. When you start going, okay, 
let's check, let's let your brain lead the way. I'm going to push you because that's my job as a coach, but I'm going to let you ultimately lead the way and your brain blocks go away faster. Athletes get their skills back sooner and backslides are short. There will always be a day when confidence dips. Always. If you are going through the levels and getting better and better over time, you are going to have a day where your confidence slips. If you have that collaborative spirit between you and your coach, the backslides will be short. If you don't, the kid's going to be afraid, not going to speak up, and then you're back at square one and it is so frustrating. So coaches, for the love of all that is good, please communicate and collaborate with your athletes. Within those parameters, you push them out of their comfort zone. You don't coddle them. Parents get to coddle them. Parents get to be the soft place to land. Parents are not telling the kids, like, you got to push a little harder, kiddo. Nope. You just feed them and hug them. Coach gets to push them, but from this collaborative place. So mom, the long, long long-winded answer to your question is, like I always say, focus on the controllables. So yes, communication. Start with the coach. Your athlete did her part and she spoke up. So now it's your turn to go in and reiterate like, hey, this is really working well for our daughter. That, um, you know, this is what has been working. This is what, what we know to be true. Here's this one page sheet that explains exactly what's going on with her. What can we do to make sure that she needs, she gets what she needs for a little while. It's temporary. It's temporary. I promise. Okay. You can also control your own expectations because so you can communicate with the coach. If that doesn't make a difference, then you go to the other coaches, you know, the head coach or the owner, and you make sure that there's a a spirit of collaboration and communication among athletes and coaches. This is a non-negotiable. Anybody out there, if there isn't a spirit of collaboration and communication with coaches and athletes, make it happen. Be part of the solution and start making it happen. It is our job to change the culture of youth sports. Your job, my job, like right now, we are going to start shifting this together. So start with that. And then also check your expectations. People are human. He's going to have a bad day. The great coach is going to have a bad day and do something stupid. And then your kid's going to feel bad about themselves. We do it too. I'm going to have a bad day and make my kid feel bad about herself. And then I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. I love you. And I clean up my messes and you clean up yours. And hopefully the coach can go, you know what? That didn't work. Did it? Sorry about that, kiddo. Let's try this. Ah, Just like being grownups, right? Like being grownups who come from a place of of serving and loving and caring. So check your expectations. Nobody's going to be perfect, but communicate. And then last resort, I've worked with athletes who have had coaches who were just absolutely the most rigid and would not go the other way. And we're like, this is the way it's done. And in that case, then you might have, you know, your Wednesday coach, all you're doing is trying to maintain confidence and not backslide. So maybe they're overspotting or you're doing things a certain way and you're like, this is dumb, but I'm just going to be putting money in the bank, money in my piggy bank, money in my piggy bank. And then you go to the coach on Monday who really gets you. And that's when you're moving on. That's when your progress is going up. So that's actually okay too. You know, if it has to be that way, you keep trying to communicate. And I always tell the the athletes in my Wednesday night group, I'm like, if they won't let you ask again, ask a different way. Well, if I can't do that, could I do this? Well, what if you won't do that? How about this? I'm like, be the squeaky wheel. Keep asking. Finally, at some point they're going to be like, oh my gosh, fine. I will stand there. Just stop talking. Do what it takes to build that relationship with your coach where you can continue to speak up. So I hope that helps. For those of you in the community, you can reach out and get direct Q&A with me anytime in there. Anybody else, I'm here on Tuesdays and I'm happy to answer your questions live here on Facebook. Go ahead and send me a direct message if you ever have questions that you need support on. 
And if you are looking for more support, if you are struggling with mental blocks, we have a free training going on that is all about the champion mindset, which ultimately is the solution to mental blocks. So if you're looking for some support, you can check out that free training right now. It's completeperformancecoaching.com slash champion. And I will see you again soon. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.